This episode may contain adult themes and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Film Critic of the Common Man podcast. Other film podcasts might want to go to community bathhouses. Our trips always end up in naked knife fights. Every episode, we discuss a film from the perspective of a film critic and the perspective of a common man. We may not agree, but it certainly won't be boring. I am your co-host, Ben Miller. I write about films for my own site, Ice Cream for Freaks, and a member of the North Texas Film Critics Association, as well as the International Film Society Critics. You can hear me guest on other pods as the David Thewlis of podcasting. I'm joined by my brother and common man co-host, a man covered in tattoos from prison that's jake miller how you doing buddy howdy ho see it's it's funny because uh i i have a couple tattoos i really thought about being like jake take your shirt off show the world tell them what they mean it's like <laughs> but so, no, I, i'm actually gonna go into that later. okay there you go good well there that i i, I not to uh not to bury the there you go <laughs> I have two you can't see, so. <laughs> um, all right, so to, if, if you haven't guessed from our little openings there, today's film we were talking about is Eastern Promises, directed by David Cronenberg, written by Stephen Knight, starring Viggo Mortensen, Naomi Watts, Vince Cassell, and Armin Mueller-Stahl, co-starring Sinead Cusack, uh, Jerry Skolimowski, I probably did not say that right, but uh, Mina E. Mina, Donald Sumter, and uh, Tatiana Mas- Maslany. Uh, opened on September 8th, 2007 at the Toronto International Film Festival, um, opened wide uh, yesterday, 15 years ago, September 17th, 2007, so uh, celebrating its 15th anniversary, very apt, um, we're recording this on the 18th, but regardless. Um, <laughs> happy birthday you weird ass movie uh yeah. box <laughs> uh, only made 17.26 million dollars uh, domestically 38.84 international uh did recoup its budget 56.1 million on a 50 million dollar budget um nominated for a single oscar best actor for vigo mortensen uh it did not win because it uh nobody's ever going to beat daniel day lewis for there will be blood so when you're nominated against him yeah. it's just it, you're fighting a losing battle um, yeah, I was I was reading that, <laughs> and I was like, he lost to. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's like, oh, he's I, really. I, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, nobody's nobody's gonna fault that. Um, it was nominated for twelve Genie Awards, which is the uh, Canadian uh, Oscars. Uh, won seven of them. Uh, did not win Best Film. Um, I'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, um, Canadian. It's it's heavy in the Canada, mostly for good David Cronenberg. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 89% for critics, uh, 83% for audience, so pretty close uh, right there next to each other. I was was impressed. Shut up. (laughs) Um, You're fine. All right, so uh, I will, uh, we're going to switch things up a little bit as far as the plot summary goes. I am actually going to start going through the plot and Jake will stop me as we go along. Uh, Okay, so this film kind of opens on two central uh, things that happen. First off, a um, a fourteen year old uh, Russian girl named Tatiana shows up in a pharmacy, uh, bleeding and pregnant. Um, she is taken to a hospital, where a midwife named Anna, played by uh, Naomi Watts, uh, delivers the baby healthily, healthy, but uh, because of uh, her heroin use and general distress in the pregnancy, uh, the 
uh, Tatiana dies in birth. So um, Anna is kind of take care of the baby at the hospital. At the same time, uh, across the city, there is a uh, Russian um, a, a Russian man is killed by his uh, by a Chechen man and his mentally challenged nephew. His throat is slit in his barber shop, which is pretty cool. To cool way to start a movie, in my it's opinion. A good opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, this is. I mean, it tells you what what you're in for. He's like, hey, hey, dead woman, barely alive baby, guy viciously has his throat slit, and also. My one of the things about it, I would imagine if you're actually going to slit somebody's throat, it's not, huh, it's, huh, 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 it's, it was, it was a little bit of effort to get, make that happen. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I can just tell you from the dynamics of being in a physical fight, it would be, <laughs> it would, yeah. be, it would be difficult. But yeah. anyway, so, so those two things start off the, start off the film uh they are both connected uh as in um the russian mob is set up in london and uh it is headed by uh simeon played by armin Mueller-Stahl, and his uh son kirill played by vince cassell uh kirill's bodyguard and cleaner is a guy named nikolai played by Viggo mortson uh nikolai uh, essentially is essentially just a driver and goes around and makes sure that uh Nikolai that uh, that Kirill doesn't get into the amount of trouble that he normally does. Um, he finds the Russian, uh, the dead Russian, uh, cuts off his fingers, takes out his teeth, all that kind of stuff, processes them, and they throw them in the river. So, um, so they go on, and uh, Anna finds uh, the diary from the pregnant, the the dead girl, and it's in Russian, and has her uncle uh jersey uh skolimowski excuse me her uncle stepan um is that her uncle i thought it was her stepdad uh it was her uh, yeah her uncle uh, so her her mom she lives with her mom uh following a long breakup and her mom was married to a uh, to a russian and her russian uncle okay. stepan also uh stays with them a lot so okay. stepan translates the diary and uh apparently uh kirill is mentioned prominently in it uh and uh Simeon discovers this kind of through Anna's uh, ignorance of exactly being in around the uh, Russian mob. And she's like, hey, I want this back and kind of uh, uses, uh, uses Nikolai to get, it's like, hey, can I get the diary back and all this kind of stuff. All the while in the background, the Chechens kind of want revenge for uh, what's going on with uh, what happened with, uh, as a result of, the nephew killing uh, the Russian, the Russian brothers had killed the Chechen nephew uh, after a soccer game. And so the Chechens want revenge. And so there's a lot of going back and forth and all this. Uh, the, um, and they say, Nikolai, hey, you're a part of the Russian gang now. They give him new tattoos and the, maybe the cool, maybe my favorite scene in the movie, the tattoo scene. And then, uh, and then, um, the Chechens go to find him in a bathhouse uh, and they try to kill him and Nikolai is able to fight them off. Um, mm -hmm. And all the while, it turns out that Nikolai was an undercover FSB agent uh, embedded with the, uh, with the Russian mob and uh, he is able to survive his attack and, uh, and then essentially fingers Simeon for statutory rape since he turns out to be the father of the baby and gets him arrested. Uh, Kirill trying to dispose of the baby and save his father uh, is about to throw the baby into the river, but 
Anna and Nikolai go and stop him. And that's kind of the end of the movie. It's kind of an anticlimactic end for all the craziness that was going on. Uh, the movie ends with Anna having uh, actually adopting the baby and Nikolai becomes the head of the mob. Uh, so happy ending. Um, <laughs> not exactly. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's a lot to get into. Um, I know you're, you probably are a little more understanding or at least have a better grasp of the Russian mafia in general and kind of the brutality associated with that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have any sort of idea of what's going on with the Russian mafia. I'm just kind of like, Hey, what a cool story and all this kind of stuff. So give me a little bit of idea. Like what's your background is like, what do you know about the Russian mafia? Because they're pretty wild in this movie. Yeah. Um, so first off, I mean, I like, uh, gangster flicks. I sure. Think sure. Or mob, mob flicks, organized crime stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a criminal justice major in college mm. and the best freaking class that I took was organized crime. Oh, I'll bet. It was just, it you was, were just like, this is cool. <laughs> it was fascinating. I yeah, mean, it, yeah. was, it wasn't even work. It wasn't like uh, crap. Oh, I, gotta I gotta go, go to class. class. Yeah. I yeah. have to study or, mm -hmm. you know, this is like, can we have a test? <laughs> <laughs> You can know. it can it can I have more homework, please? I want to look up more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know the definition of Omerta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now it was it was a really fascinating class. And I will say um during that, the Russian mob actually fascinated me probably more than any other uh, yeah. of the organized crime groups. Yeah, you know, you don't really, I, it's it's not really one of those things you think of Russian mobster. You know, you, the Italians, obviously, the Casa Nostra, all that kind of stuff. The Yakuza, uh, obviously, American mafia based off of those things. But I mean, it's Russian mafia. I mean, obviously, it's Irish mobs. There's a lot of stuff with all those mobs. Like, it's not necessarily the mafia that's the, um, when you think of mafia, it's usually Italians. Uh, yeah. And then, but but Russia, I imagine it's quite expansive. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah, Russia can tell all the other gangs like <laughs> hold my beer, watch this. Well, I mean, for, for one thing, the the government associated with it is so corrupt and probably mm -hmm. infiltrated as well. So I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's uh more powerful. Yeah. So let me give some um I guess historic background. Yeah, yeah, of course. Russian organized crime goes. Um, so, uh, the, it basically came out of the prisons, which sure. is not, not, not unique to the Russian organized sure. crime group, but, uh, it basically, um, it was organized in prison and they call it, uh, Vortivizakon. Okay. Which, you heard that uh, a couple times. Yeah. 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 And so. You, you hear them say Vor. Uh, Vor, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a made member. Okay. Um, the stars means you're a Vor. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you get stars uh, on shoulders and knees, you're a made man. Okay. Okay. If you want to think of it from, you know, the Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we're more used to. But uh, anyways, so 
uh, during the basically tumultuous history of Russia, whenever czarist Russia was going out and communists were taking over, uh, the, the criminal side basically took advantage of the anarchy, the, yeah. the tumult and, yeah, yeah. uh, set up. And so, um, uh, there's uh well there was an interesting quote that i found yeah um, kind of explaining why so many uh russians went into organized crime why why it's yeah, so yeah there yeah is during the communist area era excuse me mm. uh, there's a quote we pretend to work they pretend to pay us. Ah. <laughs> so basically living off the government or having a, you know, a regular job, it's like, I'm not getting paid yeah. and I'm not really doing anything anyways. Yeah. You know, so who's, who's the highest bidder? Who's, yeah. who's yeah. paying? Who's, yeah. who's going to, why would I work? Why would I work for the, why would I work for the government whenever they're going to screw me or underpay me? It's like, why, what, what would be the advantage? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. And so, uh, really Russian organized crime flourished during all of these tumultuous area yeah. era, uh, that <laughs> Russia, yeah, uh, the Soviet union and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so the funny thing is, um, with, with Russian organized crime, I think something that distinguishes itself uh, from other organized crime organiza organizations yeah. uh, is the professionalism and, well, professionalism probably isn't the word, but. I know what you mean, like the, uh, yeah, the, the brutality more than anything else. And a big reason for that is because they heavily recruit from Russian special forces, the Spetsnaz ah. and uh, Russian uh, police. Okay. Uh, so a lot of times, I mean, basically as a cop in Moscow, you know, you can get paid this much to beat people up. Yeah. Or they can, they can pay you three times as much over here to beat people up. And also, and also there's no regulations for against beating people up when you're over there. So, I mean, you could beat the absolute crap out of them and nobody's going to like, you're not going to lose your job. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, so basically, I mean, my point is, is I, I think something that, uh, the Russian, the Vori, yeah, the yeah. Vori for, uh, lack of other words, the Russian mafia has that distinguishes themselves cells from other groups is uh the level of brutality and the weaponry because oh, okay. after, after the fall of the soviet union there was just all of these arms yeah just in the world yeah from the superpower were just out in the ether yeah and if you, if you ever seen, if you ever see the movie Lord of War, that's a, that's Lord a perfect War. example yeah. of, 
as an arms. So in the movie, Nicholas Cage is an arms dealer. Fall of the Soviet Union is best thing that ever happened to him because oh yeah, it, it puts all these arms into the world into free for all. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So basically, you can kind of think of uh, think of like if you know Bloods, Crips, Latin Kings, the Italian mob, the Irish mob, whatever organized crime we've had here. Imagine that uh, a lot of their members are like former SEAL Team Six. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a scary thought process. Like it's like, oh, yeah. you don't want to mess with these guys. It's like they're not just schmoes. Like they're not like they're not random guys who are just like off the streets. Like no, no, no. these are serious dudes with no, serious training. These ain't guys shooting like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. just popping off rounds and doing drive-bys. Yeah, yeah. These are operators. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and and man, are they funded? So, oh. so the interest, the other interesting thing about this film is that it takes place in England. Uh, mm -hmm. England has extremely, extremely uh, um, severe gun laws. There's not a single gun in this entire movie. Uh, um, it's it's sure. not only knives. I didn't think about that. It's yeah. the, that's that's the reason because they operate in England, they can't use guns. And even even they talk like uh, uh, step on the uncle says like I know a guy who can get a gun. Like it's and everybody's like I'll oh, stop it. And and everybody in the movie uses knives. Every death is knife based or natural or you know something like that. So I mean, guns are not really a thing, and everybody has to use knives. And I don't know if it, the random, uh, obviously, I would like to think a random person knows this. It's like any idiot can kind of kill somebody with a gun. It's not exactly the easiest thing in the world to kill somebody with a knife. No, it's up close and personal. And that's, that's, it's, it's much more visceral. You're getting their blood on you there. It's, I mean, it's just brutal. I mean, it's hand to hand combat. On yes. top, on top of that, you know the 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 kind of realistic thing about what happens in, especially in the bathhouse knife fight. Um, knife knife wounds are fairly. I'm I'm not saying they're the most survivable thing in the world, but it's not the easiest thing to do to kill somebody with just like a stab. Like stabbings can be pretty survivable in the right situations. Now I'm not saying you're going to be happy with it, but I'm saying like a, a, a knife. A knife has a tendency to be in, out, clean, or in, and then you can pull it out pretty clean without any sort of damage. Bullets, you know the, the ballooning of bullets whenever they're, they really mess things up. Yeah, so the, um, yeah, that ballistic concussive mm -hmm. force that's yeah. behind bullets. So even though you might have a, Just a you little, know, yeah. wound, like, the size of a pencil, mm -hmm. the, the damage that is done inside is, yeah. is much more severe. So I get, I get your point. Whereas a knife might, you know, if it's that big of a wound, it's that big of a wound. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of mystery to it. Yeah. So um, th there's a, there's a lot, there's a really lot to get into with this movie. So um, I'd mentioned the director is David Cronenberg. Um, Cronenberg is, this is his most, straightforward of movie if that makes any sense um when i know when i say i say that anybody who has seen a david cronenberg movie knows that this is that's the truth um he does a lot of this is the most like straight laced one yeah yeah absolutely uh i say this with, yeah uh okay so um 
he 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 got to start kind of doing like early horror movies and or like kind of weird stuff like that um but then he kind of uh his the most mainstream thing he's ever done is the fly uh with jeff goldblum uh really? yes uh he made that back back in the 80s um, he also did uh, the Dead Zone with uh, Christopher Walken. Really cool movie. Uh, he touches people and can see their futures, and it's uh, it, it that's it's that's probably the most. Uh, those are probably the two most accessible films he has. Um, but otherwise, he does a lot of body horror. Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago we talked about the movie Crash, about the guys who uh, fetishize car accidents. Uh, mm. That was a David Cron- That was a Cronenberg movie. Um, he did uh, Dead Ringers, uh, a really messed up movie where uh, um, Jeremy Irons plays twin gynecologists and the shenanigans they get into. That's a wild movie. Um, the movie just before this one he made was called A History of Violence, uh, also with Viggo Mortensen. Um, oh, I've heard of that. It's That's a good one. I, I, I encourage you to look up to that. That'll come up in a poll for a dumbass later. But I mean, he doesn't do normal stuff um he did he did like all the movies he does are uh, are are extreme um either extremely there's extreme to it it's not necessarily like oh like an extreme like uh like it's all visceral and all sometimes it is sometimes it might be the sexuality it's visceral sometimes it's the blood sometimes it's just the uh you know the fly has some extremely incredible stuff, um, but it's about a guy turning into a fly and based off the sci-fi of that. So that, that makes sense of it. But I mean, this is the one where all the deaths are pretty straightforward. Like, okay, somebody's, there's stabbings, but even that, like there's some, it's really visceral and violent. And it's, it's not just a nice clean cut. It's, or uh, whenever, whenever, the, whenever the kid gets his throat slit, he, de- he has a scarf over his neck. He doesn't just slump over and die. He has to pull it down and you have to see the cut and you have to see the blood come out. That's a Cronenberg thing. I was th- Whenever he got his throat cut, I'm like, it's not very, Cron- ah, there it is. Like, it is the, it's, okay, that's there. He always has to take it to that extreme. That's just what this guy does. So I really think it's interesting how he does things. Um, and it kind of, he has his own style to it. And this is the most unlike his other styles, uh, other films. It's really interesting, actually, um, because there's not really. The, yeah, go ahead. I, I can appreciate that, though. I can, too. Like, because, I mean, you look at a lot of movies and some guy just comes up behind a guy and just and then he just goes down. That's not the way getting your throat cut is really going to go. I have I mean, to I have to it, mention. So I watched the movie Uncharted the other day. It's very, it's, it's based on a video game. It has Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. It's very, very not good. Um, well, in, at one point in the movie, Antonio Banderas was the bad guy for about half the movie and he's betrayed and he has his throat slit slit and, but it's a PG 13 movie uh, to appeal to the masses. So he, he gets it and he goes, uh, 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 and he falls down and his neck's like this. And it looks like somebody had a red expo marker and just right. like, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, come on, like, it's a $200 million movie. You can't put a little more effort into it than that. Like, <laughs> if you've ever seen an arterial bleed. Yes, it is. It's not. Or the remnants of an arterial bleed. <laughs> it's, mean, your, your body, if you, if you cut the jugular, so yes. we're talking about, 
Yeah. That thing is like a garden hose with your thumb on it. Yeah. Basically, turn your garden hose on full blast and go. Yep. You know, blood pressure, that's what it's measuring. Blood pressure, it's high. And, and I've, 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 I've seen places where you can see an arterial spurt and then one's lower and one's lower. Because the blood pressure, because they less and less blood, obviously. So, I mean, it's one of those things like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a clean thing. And this is what this movie does. It does a great job of, of just like, okay, this is not, it's not Hollywood-esque. It's not, and nothing's really clean in this movie. It's all kind of has this dirty over, I mean, even things that like the restaurant is a very fancier place, but it's, and, and, but like everybody's kind of greasy. Like it's, it's just kind of the way it is. Um, there's, there's something I want to talk about real quick. So I, I thought it was funny. Okay. So David Cronenberg is a director. This takes place in London, Russian mobsters. David Cronenberg is from Canada. Naomi Watts playing an English woman is Australian. Viogo Mortensen playing a Russian is American. Uh, Armin Mueller-Stahl playing a Russian is German. Vince Cassell playing a Russian is French. Uh, Naomi Watts's mother, Sinead Cusack, Irish, uh, even uh, Uncle Stepan, Polish. So um, it, it, <laughs> I don't know why all that happens and it all takes place in London. Nobody's from London. Uh, it doesn't really have any reason to be in London besides the, uh, I guess the gun restrictions and you know, why Russian gangsters would be in you know, the United States or something like that. It's more of, a, more of the wild west, but I think it's, there's a level of lack of authenticity, but there's nothing that I don't believe like yeah if, if that makes any sense kind of like uh, like yeah i think i know what you're saying um i guess uh, i i'd heard i'd heard i heard i'd heard an interview from a from a language expert and he was critiquing movie accents and he goes to vigo mortensen in this movie and he said he doesn't miss anything he misses he gets everything right but it still doesn't fit like, it doesn't feel like that's how somebody should talk. Like, all the accents are there. All the yeah. intonations are there. Everything he, on he paper. He doesn't look Russian. He doesn't look no. Russian. It fits. Everything right. fits on paper. But the execute, like, it's it's a, you you put, it's it's a car with all the parts there. Everything runs. And it just doesn't feel right. Like. Yeah. So, I would, I would contrast uh this movie uh in terms of accents and acting jobs when it comes to playing some someone authentic yeah. from, a, from a different you know nationality yeah. i would contrast this with inglorious bastards yeah uh, that's a good uh, great example because everyone as far as i know everyone in inglorious bastards if they were french they were french yep yep French, the actor was French. If the character was German, the actor was German. Yeah. If the yeah. character was American, the actor was American. And I think there's a certain uh, there's just something you can't replicate there. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, mannerisms. Um, yeah. Accent. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, don't know. There's yeah, just something you yeah. can't fake about that. Yeah, and and it it doesn't it doesn't diminish 
how everybody's doing. Everybody's doing a great job in this movie. Everybody, yeah. like, I buy it. Like, my suspension of disbelief is never to the point where I'm like, these guys aren't Russian. It's like, I know Vincent Cassell is French. I don't care. Like, like he's greasy. He does the job. His role is there. I'm fine with that. Like, it doesn't have to be like, he has to be Russian. He has to be from Russia. It's fine. I'm not against that. There's just some sort of small detachment with it. I don't know what it is. And I think Vigo is a great example. Like he, everything he does is awesome. Everything he does in this movie is cool. He doesn't really, uh, he, he, it all feels right. He literally lays it all out there. He doesn't, Mm -hmm. doesn't hold all that kind of stuff. But there's balls just that out, balls, balls out. He's kicking people butt ass naked, like all that kind of stuff. He goes for it and it all works. But there's it's just it's not all the way there. It was it there was I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what you change. I think it would have to be a cross the board thing. But I like the film as it is. So I don't know what I would do differently. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I can agree with you on that. I, it, it's I mean tremendous performances from mm-hmm. everybody absolutely and i wouldn't say Vigo mortensen needs to do this different yeah or yeah i don't know they they i mean yep. i really can't critique it it's mm-hmm. just not yep completely something. agree i mean it's it's kind of like the uh fake oreo cookie that doesn't really get soggy in the milk the way a real oreo is yeah yeah like like it, it says it says you know the the off-brand stuff you're like it's close it gets the job done i'm not complaining yeah. but it's not an oreo like yeah. it's yeah 100 exactly whenever your mom buys the off-brand uh cereal when you're a kid and you're it's like it's just not the same it's like it's not lucky charms actually it's it's you so, you're, you're, you're you want you want cheese it's you want a bag of cheese it's you eat a cheese nip and you're like, it's good. It's not cheese. It like, it's yeah. just, yeah, that's it's yeah. yeah. And this is the cheese nip of film. Great film. It's not cheese. It's yep. yep. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a new term. I mean, a, a, got, uh, fair cheeseburger, fair cheeseburger, cheese nip films. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but no, it's a very good cheese nip. I agree. So, I agree. I Excellent really cheese nips. So do you have a, what's your, what's your Naomi Watts history? Um, so she's really interesting as an actress because she, she was, she, we had talked about this with George Clooney a couple uh, uh, last week, actually, um, where she was struggling for so long as an actress. Um, she was, fa- she's from Australia. She was famously, um, her best friend is Nicole Kidman has been for a long time. Um, so as Nicole Kidman became famous, she's like, well, I'm still an actress and she's still doing bit parts to bit parts, all this kind of stuff. Um, she struggles for a long time. She finally gets into a movie called uh, uh, a David Lynch movie called Mulholland Drive from 2001. It's an extremely bizarre movie. Uh, it's mm. exceptional. Um, she is exceptional in it. Yeah. As soon as she's in that movie, she launches in the start. And then she's never not Naomi Watts again. She, you see her boobies. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that so so Mulholland Drive is definitely one of those movies where it's like Monsters Ball and my whole Mulholland Drive are the two movies you're like I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen a scene. 
yeah so like yeah yeah so, so it's like we, oh. we should just add a segment <laughs> on here <laughs> called like boobies or no boobies <laughs> just say jake are there boobies in it i say this is a no boobie this is a no okay jake is is naomi watts a boobies actress or a no boobies actress i've seen her boobies she's a boobies actress i agree so i'm uh so so she's she makes her so, <laughs> so Mulholland Drive makes her way uh, into the stardom and then she gets an Oscar nomination a couple years later um, for a movie called 21 Grams, an incredibly depressing movie. Uh, I, I do not suggest anybody to go watch it if you ever want to have a good day. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's pretty, still pretty good. Her and Sean Penn and Benicio Del Toro. She, she makes her way up, uh, still doing kind of like more mainstream stuff. And the more I think about it, she doesn't really do much in this movie. She's more of a plot device. She's yeah. sweet. I think she represents the uh, human reality, the, the normal. Yeah. And there, there, there's that scene whenever she gives the diary to Viggo Mortensen and she comes out and she goes, why are you doing this? And she's like, at, that diner. at the diner. And he specifically says, you, you need to be in there with normal people. This is right. not what you are. And you don't need to be involved in this because this is only going to be bad. By the way, she is never in any danger. She is never threatened. She she has vague threats, but I mean, she is never under any threat herself. She is right. never. She have a gun to her head. Or nobody has a gun to her head. She never is. She's like, oh, don't go in there. No, it's never. It's it's a very much a separated thing. It's either you're a mobster or you're not, and maybe you'll get involved in it. But I mean, it's not really something like that. Um, okay, so do you buy the? undercover aspect of this movie because as it ends an undercover fsb agent is now the head of the london side of the russian mob so mm -hmm. um does that ring true to you or does it like how, how the the crazy like the only crazy things you really see Viggo Mortensen do is like, okay, he cuts the fingers off a dead body, but he puts a note to his handler in the, so you're like, okay, I understand that. And he has to have sex with a prostitute. But besides that, he like, he doesn't actually do anything that wild um, to, to essentially, I mean, he, he defends himself from Chechens, but I mean, he doesn't do anything that wild to become an undercover cop. Can you imagine what actual wild things you would have to do to infiltrate the actual Russian, Russian mob. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I've, I've watched interviews with, uh, with guys that infiltrated the hell's angels and mm -hmm. things like that. And I, you know, deep undercover for years. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine. Um, but, uh, I mean, the only undercover work I've ever done has been online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Pose it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, online personalities. Yeah. And so, I, I, man, I I would not want to immerse myself in in that do you I mean, do you but, buy it i mean do you buy do you buy the general idea that that's realistic i'm, I'm not, i know realistic in the film is kind of you know you gotta you have a little break to it but i mean does it does it ring true that you're like okay i'm on board with this yeah um actually yeah because yeah. uh i mean there's been undercover guys that have been made men in the italian mob oh really 
there's, I mean, guys have gotten patched in uh, for Hell's Angels. I mean, guys, guys have become made men. The level of commitment is there. So, okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess if you don't give a shit about your life, and then I wouldn't want to do it. But yeah, no, there's, it's, it's, it's certainly not unheard of that yeah uh, undercover cops have become full-fledged members. i mean donnie brasco i mean uh yeah. probably the greatest yeah. example yeah i mean he was like i mean it's it's a prime example of exactly so yeah that's a that's a good point so you know it's it's really interesting kind of the there's a lot of under stuff happening going on in this movie um the, the one of the more interesting things is uh the the character Kirill. Um, played by Vince Cassell, the son. He's he's pretty much a fuck up. And yeah. the reason Viggo Mortensen is able to get to the levels he is is because he recognizes he's a fuck up and tries to keep him in line. My question he, is, he go ahead. Kind of like the dog dog walker for yeah. like hit the the dad, the crime boss is kind of like, would you take care of this? Fuck yeah, up? yeah, it's I like this, this. It's like stop it. Yeah, yeah, all the kind of well, stuff. I, Whenever he potties, can you pick it up? And so, so the yeah. the central motivation for why the initial killing of the Russian guy is always kind of vague. Um, whenever whenever he's being disposed of, he calls him a pederast. Um, but at the same time, um, they ask, you know, the Simeon asks Viggo Mortensen, it's like, well, why did he? It's like, well, he called him a queer. It's like, oh, okay. It's like that's why. Um, the better question is. I think he's gay. I think he's probably is gay, but um, I don't think he, as a in his role as the son of the head of the London organization of the Russian mob, do you think he can? He probably can't be gay because no. he's not, he's not allowed to. It's not even something. It's not even something. He's like, oh, I'm trying to live your truth. It's like, no, no, no. This is like, if you are, they're probably gonna kill you. Like this is. Yeah. Whenever you're dealing with a. a criminal organization that basically uh was born out of the prison system yeah you're you're either a top dog or you're a bitch yeah yeah so i yeah, mean it, sorry that's not my term no no i know what you mean yeah yeah it's the term of it's like you're either you're either a big man in prison a top or a bottom basically. a top or a bottom sorry. exactly that's no, no no that's the i mean in the terms of the prison hierarchy yeah that makes sense so um, in that sense, it's, it's kind of funny there. And especially so Simeon decides to patch in Nikolai, give him the stars and uh, Kirill is talking to him about it and they kind of hug and there's a, it lingers a, it lingers a little bit. And, you know, he, and then Kirill makes Nikolai with the awkward, the, the awkward sex with the prostitute. I also think it's funny. He's so greasy in this movie. Why? Why, why is he? It's. I think it's a nice contrast actually, because Simeon is very straight laced, very clean, clean cut. You don't see any of his tattoos, and mm -hmm. Kirill is always tattooed down. You see a little bit on his chest. He's. He probably smells like dog shit. <laughs> Cannot imagine he smells very good. But uh, um, speaking of tattoos, Jake, um, I believe you had a little something about tattoos uh, going on here. Correct. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm a, believe it or not, I like tattoos. <laughs> I get, yeah. Um, my wife is as well. Ben, Ben has two or three, two, I guess. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, but uh, tattoos are huge in Russian organized crime. I mean, I mean even they say it. They say it t- tells your life story. Yeah. A, yeah, a, de- a detective. A detective says uh, it, yeah. Early on, he was like, you can read yep. their biography uh-huh. on it. And basically, uh, for the war, the war, it's that is your resume. Mm. It's like tattooing your resume on on yourself. Okay. I mean, it indicate indicates rank. You know whether or not you're a made dude. Uh, how many times you've been in prison? What prisons you've been to? So on and so forth. So, uh, so like if you know you're a, a ranking officer, they'll tattoo epaulets. Uh, okay, that's yeah. that's what when the dead guy said this guy was a captain. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, they'll get the two stars on their shoulders and then two stars on their knees. Mm-hmm. Two stars on their knees indicating that they'll never kneel for anybody. Nice. Uh, and there's uh, some things like you'll see in the movie uh, cathedrals. Yes, like Mortensen had it on his back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Each dome on the uh, on the Orthodox Church Cathedral is a prison sentence. Oh, jeez. That that's what that indicates. Um, and then also like chains, barbed wire, uh, that means a lot. Skulls mean a lot. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, in, it's the the scene, the scene itself, where Nikolai is being in, uh, invited to be in, um, mm-hmm. he's in his underwear. He stands up in front of all these bosses and being like, and they're going this, 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 and this. It's like your your dad, your dad was this. You're you were here. You were in solitary confinement here. All this kind of stuff, and they're kind of just peppering him based off of what his stuff says, and mm-hmm. it's it makes a, so every single. It's not just like. Oh, you have this tattoo. It means this. It's like you have this tattoo in this way with this feature. That means this, this, and this. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, and then um, something. Whenever you notice, you know, basically, whenever he's trying to be made, uh, and he's standing before the the bosses. Um, yeah, they insulted his dad because he was a. Government, government worker. worker yeah yeah and he talks about he says something about his mom and they're like your mom's a whore and yep he's like okay yep this like, is I, all yep i've been dead i've been okay. dead since i was 15 yep. yep like the the funny thing about uh the tattoos with specifically within Russian organized crime mm-hmm. was dating back to the czarist years and early communist rule. They actually uh, would tattoo. Um, I mean, in the Cyrillic al- alphabet, this is an acronym, but it was uh, for a person who had been sentenced to hard labor, basically mm. even the gulag. Yeah. And it K A T. Uh, mm. 
fat to angle. Anglify, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so initially the Russian government or the Soviet government would tattoo like K-A-T on people. So it's kind of the ultimate uh, scarlet letter. Yeah, yeah. Well, they unwittingly created this uh, system culture where it became uh it became like wearing medals yeah underground Mm. you know what i mean and so ironically the government actually probably created this culture of tattooing in in the organized crime it's interesting it's like it's a it's a it's a they didn't see it as anybody's like well this is they're going to be, you know, everybody's going to be outcast and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, eh, it's because it's like, so the Frankenstein you didn't mean to create. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And actually, uh, yeah, uh, among their members, they, they call their uh, tattoos top coats and tails. Oh, really? It makes sense. It's it, like it, you're it, getting dressed up and you're going in for a job interview Whenever you stand naked in front of the board, you're telling they, you're, here's they, your resume. Yep. They can see it. They can see how many years you've done. They can see uh, what gulags you've been in, um, how many people you've killed, yep. so on and so forth. Um, so the, the tattoo aspect of it is uh, really fascinating yeah. to me. That is, I agree. And he just yeah. takes it like a champ too. Like, I, like, can you imagine tattoos on your knees? I can't. I can't imagine being very fun. Um, seems like a tender place. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've had them all over the place. Where's the? What's the most? Where's the most painful one you've had? Underneath here. I bet. I bet you it's just so. You just like. Right. And and not to mention, there's not really a good way for you to lay. Are you Are you on your stomach? And you doing the back of your arm like that, or? I think I was laid out like this. So I, uh, it was everything I could do not to come off that table. <laughs> it was many, many hours. Oh sure, yeah. It was, it was, it was tough. I've and, heard, I've heard a lot of those are bad. Yeah, but uh, um, it's kind of one of those moments when you're laying there saying, "I'm spending a lot of money being this much pain. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not real sure why." That's a good point. All right, Jake. Every week I go through the filmography of a filmmaker and put Jake's cinematic knowledge to the test. It is time for Poll for a Dumbass. Today we are going to be doing Oscar nominee and lead actor of this movie, Viggo Mortensen, uh, a man who has had a long and uh, storied career of going back and forth between things you have never heard of and things you might have heard of. Um, He made his, uh, we're going to start, I have uh, 20 films for you today to see uh, how good you do. I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say you're going to get six i don't think you're going to have much knowledge of the movies he has okay so i'm not doing every single one of his movies because i'm like jake have you seen fresh horses tripwire have you seen the reflecting skin and the indian runner like i'm i that's not the answer like you know i'm i'm gonna hit mostly the highlights okay all right so he he made his debut in 1985 uh as moses Hecklater, the uh the handsome amish man in the movie witness no. With Harrison Ford? Mm. 
it's a good good film uh harrison ford is a uh, cop who has to protect an amish boy and has to infiltrate the community essentially it's been a long time it's one of those 80s movies our mom probably watched and we might have seen in passing but yeah it's not one you're like yeah oh yeah definitely that one um how about one i'm pretty sure you've seen a america plus staple young guns 2 oh heck yeah yeah he's uh he's uh i believe he's uh who's the guy that killed supposedly killed billy the kid pat garrett he's he's a he's a he's one of the he's one of the guys going along with pat garrett so um yeah so all right uh young guns too good start uh, how about uh 1993's carlito's way no nope. another mob movie uh that's where um i believe al pacino plays a puerto rican uh so uh it's 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 not it's not bad it's not my favorite but uh not bad um all right why al pacino has ever had a career (laughs) i really like some of the things he does but man he takes some weird shots and everybody's just like yeah he's so great in scarface i'm like is he though like um all right so um he's a little bit of success a lot of independent stuff all the way through 1994 finally kind of reaches the mainstream in 1995 he was in a movie called The Prophecy where he plays Satan. I'm not going to, that's not the one. The other one in 1995, uh, playing Lieutenant Weps, the nuclear missile officer in Crimson Tide. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a great, like, that, that rang a bell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah, of course, Crimson there's Tide. so many yeah. character actors and got random faces in Crimson Tide. You're like, hey, is that? James Gandolfini he's like oh is that it's right. like oh Viggo Mortensen yes. he's like yeah so yes, yes. I'm not surprised yeah. yeah um really good in that one so he kind of starts to uh become a little more prominent and stuff uh how about the fair cheeseburger that is the Sylvester Stallone movie Daylight no oh it's 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 a knock it's a Poseidon Adventure knockoff um the they they uh a bunch of people get trapped in like a tunnel in New York uh and he's in there and he's i think he's like the first or second death in that movie um but i'm a little bit surprised uh, how about 1997's gi jane uh yeah i mean it's it's one of those things you've seen but you're like what what is that movie really i just like i, I know you know what it is but it's it's a fair cheeseburger that gives you diarrhea <laughs> It tries. It tries to be that. And then, the, yeah, it, it tries. Yeah. But yeah. you end up with food poisoning. That's a good and, point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, a remake of, uh, of an older movie, 1998's A Perfect Murder with uh, Michael Douglas and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? No? How about the other 1998 remake? Uh, he was in the remake of Psycho. Nope. See, this is the most mainstream stuff he's in, and I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised you haven't seen much of it. Um, all right, so now we're to the now we're to the heavy hitters. 2001, 2002, 2003. Uh, have you seen the Lord of the Rings movies? I have never seen a single Lord. Not of the Not a Rings. single one, really. No. He's actually he's really good in it. Um, he's very good in it. He's very um, he's very heroic. He he makes it work. He commits to it. Uh, it, it all works. Um, he has a really great British accent too, for some reason, but, uh, regardless, um, no, uh, the bow and arrow that's Orlando Bloom. He's, he's just kind of like the main guy with the sword. Um, the, the last movie is the Lord of the Rings, the return of the King. He is the aforementioned King. So, um, 
Uh, I, yeah, I, I know nothing of Lord of the Rings. You're not much of a franchise guy. You, like, you're not much Bond, Marvel movies, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings. It's like, you're not much of, it's not really up your style. I really, no. Okay, how about something a little more your style? Uh, 2004's Hidalgo. Love it. You love Hidalgo. I've never seen it. Are you kidding me? Really? I, I can't tell I if you're being serious or not. No. Okay, you I do mean, love Hidalgo. Okay. Okay. I love Hidalgo. It's <laughs> a great movie. Uh, I mean, it's got everything. I mean, it's a western. Um, I mean, Viggo Morrison. Uh, I. He kind of plays the tough guy in it. Mm-hmm. He's got like a double barrel ten gauge shotgun. He dresses There's, cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's a love triangle yeah. involving Renee Zellweger. But, I mean, if I was going to lose a friend over a woman, it wouldn't be over Jake. a woman. It perpetually looks like she just sucked on a lemon. Jake, I what? agree. I, I agree. I also like that movie. That movie is called Appaloosa. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get to Appaloosa because I know I've seen Appaloosa. I like Appaloosa. That's why they call it pull for a dumbass, folks. <laughs> so Appaloosa was in 2008. That's the one with him and Ed Harris and and yeah, uh and, and Renee Yeah, Appaloosa's great. Hidalgo, he's that's a great movie. Uh, <laughs> Hidalgo, I don't know. Hidalgo, he's a uh, Hidalgo. He plays a uh, long distance it's a horse movie, huh? Yeah, it's a horse movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a long distance ride of Frank like Hopkins. That. Yes. So, uh, have you seen Hidalgo? Yeah, but it's been a while. Okay. It's, it's like a Pony Express rider or something. Yeah, something like that. It's like a long distance rider race over the uh, oh, across the Sahara or something like that. Um, it's a it's one of those like Disney like miracle type movies. Yeah, yeah. You have you had mentioned earlier you hadn't seen a history of violence. So, uh, but that's definitely one. That's a that's a great movie. It's wild, but it does a lot of cool things. Um, Eastern Promises, obviously. Appaloosa, which you're a fan of. Um, yeah, and then 2000, not Hidalgo. Appaloosa, he doesn't have like a little pencil thin mustache that really f- suits him the entire movie. And Appaloosa? Is that my imagination? Regardless, he's cool in Appaloosa. Yeah. Um, how about 2009's uh, Cormac McCarthy adaptation, The Road? The Road. It's probably super. It, you, uh, I have a feeling if you would have seen it, you'd know because it's so depressing. It's really dark, really uh, sad. But okay, not surprised. Um, we're going to skip ahead a couple of years because he did a lot of independent stuff. Uh, I doubt you've seen the movie where he played Sigmund Freud. So uh, that's uh, another Cronenberg movie, A Dangerous Method. Um, how about 2016's Captain Fantastic? He is living in the woods with his kids um, off the grid. Um, really cool movie got an Oscar nomination for it um, he really likes being naked in movies because uh, you mm-hmm. get to, he, he's naked in that one too um, I really enjoy it. a lot of I know some people who hate it uh, my wife loves <laughs> no, no no the movie Captain Fantastic <laughs> oh I, I thought you just like seeing him <laughs> no, no no Captain Fantastic uh, being the no, it's a good movie uh, check it out it's a uh, it's it's nice heartwarming uh, sweet movie and just happened to see his dick um, right how about uh, 2018's um, the infamous green book 
No. You haven't seen Green Book? No. Man, it's, it's, almost, it's almost worth doing on this podcast just for the sake of doing it. Bet, maybe one of the most controversial Best Picture winners we ever had. I have a Green Book. Um, sure. Uh, not really the same. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, got, that was his most recent Oscar nomination. Um, he, uh, he plays a driver to a jazz musician. Um, it is the most some super clumsy race relation tr- stuff. Um, but, uh, it's not as terrible as people say it is, but, uh, he's been in some other stuff since then, uh, earlier this movie, this year, he was in a movie called crimes of the future, another Cronenberg movie, another weird one. Uh, and we've gone over the movie 13 lives, which you have seen, um, about the, uh, divers, uh, the, yep. so Very good. six out of 20, um, I'm not, not good. I'm not, no, I'm not surprised. Uh, and, and he has a very extensive, uh, he, he goes back and forth, but I mean, okay. So uh, this is, so he does in 2012, he does, uh, he was a, uh, supporting character in the Kerouac adaptation on the road. He's in this movie called everyone has a plan, which I'd never heard of 2014. He's in a movie called the two faces of January, which I'd never heard of, uh, Jauja, a movie I'd never heard of and a movie called far from men that I've never heard of. I'm a film critic. I think I should know about these movies, but I just don't know about them. Then he goes Captain Fantastic Green Book. He makes a directorial debut in the movie called Falling, which I'd heard about, but I don't know. I haven't heard much good stuff about it. And then Crimes of the Future 13 Lives. So it's, it's, he goes all over the place and be like, I'm going to make this random ass movie. By the way, I was in three Lord of the Rings movies, so I'll never have to work again if I don't want to. So it's, yeah. it's a nice little freedom that he gets to have between the two. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Jake doesn't know Viggo Mortensen, everybody. Not a surprise. I don't even know what movies I've watched. <laughs> hey, Appaloosa, Hildago, they're no way the same movie, but, but whatever. <laughs> There's horses in both. As soon as you said Renee Zellweger, I'm like, I don't think Renee Zellweger's in Hidalgo. <laughs> I like how you're like, Jake, 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 Jake. Jake. Uh, that's, why, that's why we do this thing, buddy. All right, buddy. You can't save me from myself. <laughs> it is that time. I think I think mm-hmm. you need to put me in front of, uh, I need to strip down to my underwear and mm-hmm. explain away myself. Yep. 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 It's time. All right. You're in the hot box. Each episode, instead of me steering the conversation, Jake peppers me with a series of questions that I must answer truthfully. Sometimes it's just trivia. Sometimes it's talking about how I pee in baptismals, but whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. How many tattoos do you have? I have two. I have uh, I have no original tattoos that you don't have. Um, right. We we have the same one right here. Uh, us and our other brother. Yep. Oh. Nope. <laughs> Wrong side. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So uh, it means brotherhood in Latin. Uh, I have that one, and then I have our family seal on the middle of our back. Uh, yours is on your. There it is, right there. Yep, it's upside down, but yep. Uh, yours is, yeah, and mine's in the middle of my back, so I only have two. Yeah. All right. Uh, what was the most painful one? Uh, it was the one on my back. Um, the one. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because I have one. I have one right in the middle, and uh, I mean, it's it's not that one. It it was a. Uh, a squad crest mm-hmm. uh, on the unit I was on, and 
Oh my god. So the one in the the one in the middle of my back, it's 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 the same size as the one on your arm, but it took two hours for them to do the outline. And Mm -hmm. it was early October, but I remember it was kind of a cold day. So I had my shirt off and they they do it in the middle of my back and they're like, okay, take a little break and we'll do the coloring. So I'm going outside and I'm sitting there in the cold. I'm like, this is that sucked. And then they did the coloring, which is no better. (laughs) So it was another two hours. So it was a, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with it, but uh, it was very, very unpleasant. Originally they were going to have me, I was going to lay over the, like that, you know, Michelle, mm-hmm. M- Michelle Pfeiffer and dangerous minds. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and then, then I was twitching around too much. They're like, no, 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 lay flat. <laughs> so, yeah. I do remember though, whenever I got this one, uh, you said I looked like a corpse on a slab because of how white I was. I believe at the time you were a lifeguard. So you were a little dark, but um yeah yeah i'm a little darker <laughs> so how many do you know do you know the count of how many you have i don't I, I was i was kind of talking to my wife about that and i'm like well i don't know what to count as yeah yeah this is like is this is this one, three is this, is this one? one yeah yeah i know what you mean okay that makes sense yeah. Yeah. but i've i mean i've probably at least 20 sessions. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. What's the longest yeah. session you had? Uh, it had to be the color for all of that. And it was about, I bet it was about seven, eight hours. It was for it was a full day of it. Yep. And full day of you going pretty well, much. I, was, I mean, I was pretty much out of it by the end of it <laughs> oh, i'm sure you're just like whatever yeah. <laughs> you're in this haze i got you okay all right um so what is the principal ingredient in borscht uh i believe it is beets correct okay yeah and i i was i've it, never had it. I i've never know. had it either and you know in the that scene where Armin Mueller-Stahl gives Naomi what's some borscht and she's like mm-hmm. oh yeah I'll have some Ooh, that was delicious and I think to myself there's no chance none it's like there's no chance it's good like it's, <laughs> it's one of those it's like something they invented in a gulag it's uh, it's you know it's the kind of the ratatouille principle it's not necessarily is it good or have you just had it your entire like as a kid were you a poor kid who had to throw beets into a big pot and it's like, well, what random meats do we have to make the like, it's, is it good or is it just what you've had since you were a kid? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, obviously this is a very uh, violent film. Yes. It doesn't pull any punches as far as the uh, violence and combat scenes. Go. Yes. When was the last time you were in a physical fight? I've been, if this is a, this is an interesting question because I have been punched mm-hmm. without being in a fight. If that makes any sense. I was working. Yeah, as a, that's, that's called assault. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, well, you got beat up. <laughs> no, no, no. I was not beat up. I got, I had a single punch. So I was working as a doorman at a, at a bar that I was frequenting and I was not, I was not a bouncer by any means. I'm not that kind of a guy to bounce. I just literally checking IDs at the door. So there's this really, really, really drunk guy taking him outside and he's starting some stuff outside. I'm outside kind of next to the door 
and he's kind of swinging generally and he catches me and it's just or this side and i remember being cut and like just like ah and somebody's like well who was that and it's like what did he what did what'd you do and i'm like he has no idea who i am he did not know he hit anybody he definitely has no ill will against me it was just a drunk guy who happened to hit me now our other brother was right next to us uh no right next to me at the time and i as soon as i got hit i'm like he's not going to react to this well so i really popped back like it was fine so um as far as like actually being in a physical altercation i'm not sure it is uh, not since not as an adult that's the only time uh, as an adult so that's uh, great I'm not much of a, I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter, Jake. <laughs> right. right. Um, so that actually segues into another question. So uh, as you mentioned, there's no guns. Nope. In this movie. There's only, the only time weapons are involved in fights, it's a, it's a knife. Correct. So without mentioning any names, anything like that, have you ever seen a knife pulled during a fight? What a coincidence you bring that up. Um, so uh, yes, during that exact fight, um, not me. Someone came someone, to raid. Someone, someone was the drunk man who was so drunk he didn't know who he was hitting and hit other people. And he came at another guy and the guy pulled the knife and went, it's it's it was not a it's not like a butcher knife or anything it's a i mean even if if he'd have made contact it would have been like ow or now if he gets stabbed with it it's probably like he's so drunk he'd go you stabbed me like one of those type of things it wasn't you're not you're not gonna be like uh this is not like a, a you know a prison shanking situation but um that but yeah pull the knife out and i don't think they made any contact or even tried but nah. uh alcohol yeah. alcohol is a bad uh, a bad situation whenever uh, tempers are up yeah well i wasn't there that night you were so. not you were not so it's okay. i didn't pull the knife and and nobody got stabbed nobody got arrested nope. so everything's no fine. harm no foul yeah uh, oh okay what are the principal ingredients traditionally in Russian prison tattoos? Ones done in, as they call it, the zone. Okay, so in prison. So how, how do they, they, how do they make, make it? Prison ink. Uh, I'm going to assume it's pen ink and gunpowder. Uh, gunpowder. I don't know. Um, do you think they issue bits? Do you remember when I? Well, do you remember whenever I thought that what was the cal the gun caliber? I don't know certain things, mm -hmm. and I just sound stupid when I say them. Um, uh, so my guess would be. Um, well, I some, didn't even know what movie I was talking about earlier. So. <laughs> uh, pin ink is my guess, uh, and maybe vodka. What is it? Uh, it is. Uh, melted down rubber from the from boot heels. Oh, interesting. Combined with urine. Sure, sure. So basically, if I just melt down my boots and then take your baptismal water. Perfect, perfect. Um, and I, 
you can set me up, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so there was the, the funny thing about it. So in the, in the scene where, where Viggo Mortensen is in the bathhouse and, you know, they're like, they tell the Chechen assassins, it's like, well, he's in there. He's got the stars right here. He's like, he got those less than 24 hours ago. And I, I go on thinking, it's like, well, why isn't it taped up? It's like, you're, you're in a sauna. It's all wet out there. He's like, got to keep that thing dry. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah or yeah or it's like or he's 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 sitting there and he's in this it's like oh i I gotta itch it and he's smacking it instead of scratching it he's like there's lots of things i keep thinking about but yeah so yeah Yeah. uh uh boot boot urine boot urine tattoos Uh, maybe boot urine dries quicker who knows well they might be onto something but actually uh i was looking if you use your own urine that's what uh, they would use for the war. For oh, really? Oh, is, is, so it's like you get your own... Your own pee. Interesting. It. But they had bitches who are either homosexuals or they make you... Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Or whatever. But they would tattoo eyeballs either on their butt or uh on their hips but they would use someone else's urine that's a wild power stuff right there (laughs) yeah that's a so if someone else's pee goes in your tat it means so even 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 the substance your tattoos are made of means something Mm -hmm. interesting interesting well okay you're out of the hot box all right all right well that was a uh, how informative. Um, as uh, yeah, the w- one thing I want to add about that the naked knife fight, the I, I admit that is brutal. It's a brutal fight, but the 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 interesting thing about it is not Vigo being naked and fighting. It's the Chechens not going uh, stop, stop. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I'd be like, hey. I'm gonna kill you. I need you to put some clothes on. Just that, just that would just, be my just some underwear, dude. Or it's like, can you just like notch up that towel? It's like I really don't want to see your dangles flying around. Like <laughs> even at the end, like the guy's stabbed and he's he's crawling all over him trying to because he's you know he doesn't exactly have the strength. It's like, oh he's naked. No, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Jake, that just about does it for this. Uh, what is your film rating for Eastern Promises? I really, really, really like it. Yep. I'm really fascinated with organized crime, mm-hmm. specifically uh, Russian organized crime. And yeah. so, I mean, I I really like it. Yeah. Uh, it's dark. It's, I mean, yeah, it, it, it ain't uplifting or anything like that. No, nope. I I really like it. I think it's very well performed. Uh, I think it's well researched. I think yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that were speaking Russian that didn't know Russian. I think they did a good job at yeah. that. That's gonna yeah. be a tremendous challenge. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I re- I really like it. I mean, I also really it, like it, it too. Yeah. It doesn't make any list. Uh, but I, I really like it. So I I really like it as well. I had a 4.0 out of 5.0. Um, it's it, it had the bad luck of coming out in 2007, one of the best film years ever. So, I mean, 
when yeah. you're when you're going up against no country for old men and there will be blood and zodiac and some nice. other stuff like that you're just like you're you're already behind the eight ball you're 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 yeah um it, you're that that yeah yep yep exactly so that is about does it for this episode of the film critic the common man thanks so very much for joining us we have a uh, fun episode next week hopefully my hope it's more fun if jake hates the movie but it's a pot it's a possibility he might like it we're we're doing nicholas winding riffins drive next week so uh, you guys uh you guys have some fun with that one um you can follow my me on hates <laughs> my guts you can it's follow me this is my blood you're vor in my heart buddy you can follow yeah. me on Twitter at NebisBen on Letterboxd and Neb810 on Instagram at Ben Mellon Movies. Check out my website, Ice Cream for Freaks, and you can follow my other writing at the Film Experience and Cinema Scholars. I got a review of the new Marilyn Monroe movie Blonde coming out next week on Netflix. Uh, that'll be in a couple days. Uh, also reviewing The Woman King. We did uh, Good Night Mommy next week. Uh, last week, uh, Naomi Watts movie on Netflix. It's not very good. But uh, you can also find me on other pods on the David Fulis of Podcasting. Jake, where can the people find you? indeed whatever he just said make sure you follow the podcast on twitter at critic common pod please like subscribe rate and review enjoy the show wherever you get your podcast thank you so very much for joining us um i really appreciate everybody's feedback uh our old brother rarthau is our most popular episode yet um keep it coming until hopefully this is our next new popular episode so thank you very much uh we will catch you guys next week um y'all have a good one Spasiva. Trick!